Good evening, and welcome to Red Barn Radio. Wherever in the world you're listening, welcome to Roots Music Southern Style. Going on the mountain, so little care. See my candy, darling, sweet little Isaac Jane. Going to Rocky Island, ho, honey, ho. Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky. And by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Hello, one and all. Good to have you with us on Red Barn Radio. I'm Brad Becker. This is season number 19 of Red Barn Radio, and tonight we welcome you to show 736. Tonight we have an evening of good old-fashioned old-time tunes with Eli Delbridge from Perryville, Kentucky. 
Eli's been playing banjo for well over a decade now and really took to the percussive claw hammer or drop thumb style of playing native to West Virginia and East Kentucky. Playing with friends and family, Eli and the band grew a following in neighboring counties and throughout the region. We're glad you're here with us for a great evening of music. Welcome Eli Delbridge to the Red Barn Stage.
stocking and I can't stop rocking with a hole in my stocking. Well, Nan Stone out, hole in my stocking way down in Alabama. Nan Stone out with a hole in my stocking and I can't stop rocking with a hole in my stocking. Well, Nan Stone out, hole in my stocking way down in Alabama. Welcome, listeners. You're listening to Red Barn Radio, and our guest this evening is Elias Delbridge. He lives in Perryville. Uh, great to have you guys here. Elias, you're not from Kentucky. Yeah, yeah I know that's a shocker to, to some folks. That is a shocker. Yeah, I'm from uh, actually quite a bit of ways. I'm from Oregon. That's where I was born, down in a little town called Corvallis, Oregon, uh, down in Benton County. And uh, I didn't live there very long. I moved out of there when I was seven, I believe. My dad works for the government, so we kind of moved to a couple different places and then ended up moving to Kentucky and and uh, calling that home and been there ever since. You referred to a county in Oregon. Yeah. So did they do that in Oregon? Not really. Uh, I think it's more <laughs> of a Kentucky thing because the county is about the size of the state here. So, you know. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, because that's how we talk about our state. We always yeah. talk about the, the counties and counties mean something. We have, I think, more counties than just about anybody. I'd say so. Yeah, there's quite a bit here. And they're, and they're small. You know, in Oregon, they're, they're massive. So I'm used to that lingo here, so it's kind of carried over. But, yeah. Uh, I was born out in out in Corvallis down there and on the foothills of the mountains down there. It's kind of weird, you know, somebody from Oregon coming into this kind of music out ended up out here. So, yeah, it sure you know. is. Did you actually learn about this kind of music out there? Yeah, I heard it out there. I had a teacher in school that played bluegrass. It wasn't old time, but it was bluegrass, and that was kind of the first time I ever really remember hearing it. Didn't really care much about it at the time, and then we moved out here. And started listening to it more, you know, because there's a lot more of it out here. Then I got into it and started listening to the old records, Ralph Stanley and, yeah, and yeah. Stanley Brothers and uh, Wade Maynard and the Mountaineers and stuff like that. And just really got into it, dove deep in it. And, you know, I was obsessing about it for a good two years, you know, <laughs> just anything I get my hands on. I so. can't imagine that.
was it banjo that you first heard? He was a banjo player, the, the teacher at the school I was yeah. at, and I thought it sounded awesome. I thought that'd be pretty hard to pick up, so I tried to pick up the fiddle first. That was way harder. My parents got me a banjo for Christmas, and I was just at it 24-7. Ten years ago? Uh, yeah, it'd be uh, yeah, somewhere in 2010 or 11, somewhere in there, is when I got my first banjo and started playing. I learned the three-finger at first, started working on that, and then a guy from uh, down in Nashville area, uh, Leroy Troy, he taught me how to play uh, claw hammer style, and that's where I went with ever since. So He's big with Marty Stewart and all those guys down there. Uh, he's been on Marty Stewart's show several times, but he's a great banjo player. He learned from Cordell Kemp, and he learned from Uncle Dave Macon, so it's a, it's a good little heritage line they have going on there. So We're not accustomed to hearing claw hammer style played on, you know, with a resonator. Yeah. We usually hear it with open back. I used to play open back quite a bit. Everybody would make fun of my banjo at these bluegrass festivals, sure. you know, so uh, <laughs> I kind of had to compete a little bit for sound, you know. So well, I, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, because you can get drowned out at those festivals, and a lot of those festivals, <laughs> it's just, you got like eight guitar players there and five mandolin players, and, and it's just you. And with the open back, it doesn't really work too well. So I used to play open back. Actually, this one was an open back, and I put this resonator on it, so. it is about that style of banjo playing that made you gravitate to it i think the sound of it i like the drive of it i liked better i liked how it just just had a unique sound you know and everybody does a scrug style i like to kind of be different sometimes 
You know, I heard the Scruggs style a lot. That was the first style I heard. But when I first heard the Clawhammer, I was like, wow, you know, what is that? And I started looking into it, and, and the Scruggs was not really working too well with my fingers. You know, I was, I was kind of hard picking up on some of the stuff, so I thought I'd give Clawhammer a try. It fit me better, and I just I like the sound of it. If it's done right, you know, it sounds good. It does fit you right. You know, watching your hand come up off, I've seen that before. Is that part of what sort of helps you find that sort of body connection with the music? Yeah, you know, when I get into it, it's fun to go up the neck. You know, it's kind of a showmanship thing. That's uh, some of the stuff Leroy would do. You know, I try to get a little fancy with it. I know String Bean and, and guys like that did that. You know, it's a, kind oh, of yeah. a showmanship to kind of keep folks interested because I know listening to it a long time it gets kind of repetitive so kind of mix it up a little bit i've got a mule to ride i've got a mule to ride he ain't got no saddle but i'm raring to ride down the road somewhere down the road somewhere got a yard hand woman waiting for me Tell us about where you landed in Perryville. Yeah, Perryville, you know, it's a small little town down in the western part of Bull County. It'd be southwest, probably about 40 miles southwest of uh, Lexington, about an hour drive down there south of Harrodsburg. It's just a little town. It's got two gas stations and a furniture store and Dollar General on the outside of the town. And, but, yeah, we, uh, we enjoy it. We got a farm about two miles outside of town, and uh, we farm cattle. And been doing that for uh, a year since we bought our farm. I had a battle 
back in the Civil War there. I think that's what Perryville's probably most famous for. Yeah, that was uh, the biggest battle in the state. I think uh, they had 7,000 casualties there uh, in 1862. Neither side won. But they both ended up retreating, and uh, the Confederates ended up going back to Tennessee. But it was the last big battle for Kentucky to keep the state in Union hands. I think it was over water is what they were fighting for. There was a creek down there, uh, Doctor's Creek, and then there's a Chaplin River that runs through, and there was a big drought going on at that time and so they were trying to look for water and that's how they ended up meeting up in that area. It's a beautiful spot over there. It's about two miles outside of town and what can you do out there if you're visiting? Oh, there's some trails out there. It's the uh, most well-preserved battlefield in the nation right now and uh, they've done a lot of work on, on keeping all the trails. They got uh, native grasses put back in there. They got a quail reserve over there so it, they've done they've done wonders at the place. I mean it looks almost identical to how it would have looked back during the battle, and they've done a great job on keeping that up. A lot of the old buildings are still there. Some of them are privately owned. I mean, you can still see them off the road, and I mean, it's, it's beautiful down there. So. Huh. Mostly right now it's a hobby, but it's good to keep it that way because I like farming too much. So, What do you like about farming? Uh, you know, I, I've been doing it for a long time, you know, growing up. And once it's in you, I mean, it's pretty much in you, and I just enjoy it. You know, we got about 15 cows right now, and so we're running them. And But I, I like it being out there with them. And, you know, I can get back away from everybody and just kind of, you know, relax on the farm you know? yeah yeah you guys take your stuff to the farmer's market you say uh, your, we, your beef and chicken there we did uh for a while yeah we just got back into it a year ago you ever bring your instruments and play some music actually how i got started is uh at the farmer's market uh, me and my brother we were raising chickens at the time and we'd take them to the farmer's market we brought our instruments along we were just sitting there in our booth playing some guy came by dropped us a 20 and like, hey this is pretty good <laughs> so we sat outside our booth and had our cases open and We'd make enough money to go Cracker Barrel afterwards and get something to eat. Still have enough money left over. So that's what got our start. Maybe we're good enough to kind of, you know, 
advertise and play some more places, and that's what we started doing. So yeah, that's uh, that's kind of how we got our start. Oh, that's so, cool. Yeah.
Back with more Red Barn Radio after this break. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. We'll be right back. Welcome back. This is Red Barn Radio, recorded live from the Arts Place Performance Hall in Lexington, Kentucky. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. Well, bake them biscuits, darling, bake them golden brown. When I get my breakfast, babe, I'm at bam, bam. I've got a pig home and a pig corn to feed them all. Matthew is here. Uh, he's holding a mandolin now, but he's playing also on that washed-up bass. You look like you're working so hard over there on that thing. You want to flip it over after the show's done and take a bath in it. Yeah. <laughs> Josh told me I shouldn't have worn a flannel in June, and I think he's right. But, uh, uh-huh. yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> Give listeners a little sample of what that sounds like by itself. You know how the banjo kind of drowns everything out? You know what I'm saying? Give people a sense of, of what that actually sounds like. It's kind of hard to actually hear a note, a note in there. I mean, you, you, it's like the, it's like the tone is sort of implied. When the music kind of gets going, I can kind of gauge it to uh, close, yeah, to the note. But to get it like spot on, it's just like it's super difficult. And so. that's kind of the point, anyway, right? If you're going to play it spot on, you may as well just play a regular bass, right? Yeah. Here you get that big fat uh, drum. Yeah, it's almost kind of like a, you know, just that thump part of it with the upright bass you have that but you have a little bit of a note behind it too yeah um but this is just more kind of that old school just thump trouble 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 on my mind if trouble don't kill me i live a long time live a long time boys live a long time
Lynchburg, yo ho to pine. They hitched me to the whipping post and gave me 99. Gave me 99, boys, gave me 99. Trouble, trouble, trouble on my mind. And trouble don't kill me, I live a long time. Live a long time, boys, live a long time. Tell us a little bit more about you and your mandolin, and, and do you play music with other folks, too? I grew up in Breathitt County, born, Breathitt, and, okay. born and raised. I did not grow up in a household of bluegrass music. It just wasn't. My dad is more classical, and my mom was a church pianist, and so that was more kind of the music. But when I was about 12 years old, my mom gave piano lessons, and some of her students brought three CDs. One was uh, Third Time Out, Paul Williams and the Victory Trio, and Blue Highway. I just was playing them over and over and over and over again. And I just fell in love with the music. So when I was 13, I saved up a little bit of money, bought a little cheapo uh, rogue mandolin. And I just started teaching myself because I didn't really have many people to play with that you know, could play bluegrass. When I was about 16, there's a local radio station there. There's this group that was playing, and I noticed they didn't have a mandolin player. So I went up to them, do you all have a mandolin player? And they're like, no, can you play mandolin? I'm like, well, not really, but I want to learn. <laughs> So they're like, well, come to the back. So they were playing at 5 o'clock. It was about 4.30. We went to the back. They handed me a Gibson mandolin and said, try it out. And then they're like, all right, you're good. Come on. So we went live on the radio at 5 o'clock. And that was kind of the start of it. I couldn't even drive. They would come and pick me up and take me and play music and stuff. And so that's kind of where it started. And then when I got old enough, Kentucky School of Bluegrass in Hyden yeah. was only about an hour away. So I I got a little bit of scholarship and went down there and started taking lessons and stuff uh, from Scott and Bobby and some of them. So that's kind of where it started. But I still got a long ways to go. They'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Shouting on the hills, shouting on the hills. They'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Shouting on the hills of God. Shout no! 
on the hills of God. Shout on the hills of glory. Shout on the hills. Shout on the hills. There'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Shout on the hills of God. Stop and make your reservation. Shouting on the hills of God. Shouting on the hills of glory. Shouting on the hills. Shouting on the hills. They'll be shouting on the hills of glory. Shouting on the hills of God. Josh, people out there are wondering, well, how'd you get to play guitar so good? I've actually performed with folks here on Red Barn before. Yeah, I guess I was on Red Barn in probably uh, 2008, I think, in Midway. Right. Yeah, with uh, Tommy Brown and the County Line Grass. We had shows in Midway, Kentucky, at that old theater there yep, for a while, a and that was a pleasure beautiful doing that. Yeah, it's a, it is a beautiful place. That's a pretty town. Place. It's a beautiful place yeah. to visit for anyone who comes yep. to Kentucky to, to stop in Midway. Tell us about your guitar. Where'd that guitar come from? Uh, this is a Preston Thompson guitar made out in Sisters, Oregon. comes from where uh, Eli here is from. Oh, of course. That's how Oregon came up yeah. at the yeah. beginning. <laughs> yeah, Preston Thompson guitars out there in Sisters, Oregon. Yeah, I play with a band that's based out of Sevierville, Tennessee called the Poe Ramblin' Boys. We play full-time. Well, up until about spring of 2020, we played full-time. Oh, really? What happened then? Oh, uh, there was this little <laughs> virus going around. Oh, oh, right, right. Before that, we played about 200 dates in 2019 all over the country and a few other countries. And we were lucky enough to be on the Opry in 2019 and get nominated for a Grammy and at the beginning uh-huh. of 2020. Yeah, the Poe Ramblin' Boys out of Sevierville, Tennessee. If you ain't heard of us, it's probably best for you.
got to meet at Christians at the Capitol. And, but we didn't get to meet at Christians at the Capitol because we were on opposite sides. I took pictures there, and I actually ended up getting his dad in the back of one of my pictures. Like, I was taking pictures of people who had scripture signs. And his sister, she saw my post, and she was like, well, this person got our dad in the back. And then she actually... I don't want to say stalked, but <laughs> but I messaged him immediately because I saw that he worked for Dolly Parton at the time, and I wanted his job. So I said, how did you get your job? So we started messaging, and I said, well, it would be really great to play with you sometime at church. So then the next time he messaged, he said, well, I can come this Sunday. He came that Sunday to my church. We actually didn't really talk to each other at all. The first time we met, got our instruments out and started playing first thing. We did not even speak. When did you start playing the violin? I actually did not want to play a violin at all. I did not want to play because I started piano as a kid and I did not like it. And they had done a orchestra group in my middle school. And my mom said, you have to join the orchestra. (laughs) This is going to be amazing. And I was like, absolutely not. And obviously I loved it. So I didn't get out of it. I was a music education major at Western Kentucky. I just graduated in 2020. That's actually one thing I think is really interesting about our playing. Like, I don't know if people could hear or whatever, but like the way I was playing was a little bit like more like smooth and like a little bit maybe like a cello, you might say. And so I love playing with Maddie because we literally play like very opposite. You see a lot of groups and they have two people that are either very classically trained or they might have a couple very fiddle fiddle type people and I think they're both really great sounds and me and Maddie are constantly teaching each other like different techniques and different ideas she shows me bowings all the time like I love how differently trained we are because she's very fiddle like not very much like looking at notes and then obviously I have a very more classical background but I mean we both play by ear a lot too so it's really fun yeah well that's cool Cloudy in the east and looks like rain, looks like rain, boys, looks like rain. Cloudy in the east and looks like rain, and I'm on my long journey home. Lost all my money but a two-dollar bill, two-dollar bill, boys, two-dollar bill. Lost all my money but a two-dollar bill, and I'm on my long journey home. Stop. 
but a two dollar bill, two dollar bill, boys, two dollar bill. Lost all my money but a two dollar bill, and I'm on my long journey home. Many, if not most, of our listeners have heard about tent meetings where you all have played music before or, and maybe regularly do still but i gather these meetings would happen after the work day right so that families could attend yeah yeah we kind of got our start doing that they usually start around seven o'clock somewhere in there and the first one that i remember going to was down in houstonville kentucky uh, down in lincoln county we'd go there and you know you'd have all the chairs set up and just be like a regular church service except it'd be you know out in a tent a good two three years there we're we were playing a lot of tent meetings and, you know, all over central Kentucky. And it's a different atmosphere having it outside. It's just really neat. It's a good, it's a good atmosphere. And we've, we've played quite a few. And uh, you know, we, we used to go because that's what we kind of cut our teeth on was playing at churches. And, you know, it was a big part of our, you know. I played at tent meetings before we met. My dad would play. He would bring the keyboard and play piano for tent meetings. And I would play with him. And then, obviously, they started out doing tent meetings. So we both, obviously, play a lot at church. And yeah. I love the atmosphere at tent meeting. It's just so, like, old-timey. It's so nice. And a lot of times they have different groups coming in and a lot of bluegrass music. So that's a lot of fun. And you might play afterwards, too. Like, we would practice oh, right. with the other groups after after it was over, and that was really fun, too. At the end of, like, these tent meetings, you know, there'd be a lot of guys that hang around. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, Matt's been to stuff like this yeah. where, like, you know, people will bring their instruments even if they're not playing, and you know, everybody would gather around for like right. hours and, and play. You know, it's anybody that could play, they'd gather around a big old circle and just play music. So that's, I enjoyed it. It's really fun. Speaking about tent meetings and, and uh, you know, playing at churches and stuff, this was one that I did a lot and we did quite a bit at uh, tent meetings, and uh, it, was a, it was a big hit for, uh, for a lot of the churches we played at, and uh, it's called uh, Living the Right Life Now. Midnight is past, it's morning at last, no longer in fear I'm bound. All wanderings are done, the part of it one, I'm living the right life now. Yes, glory to God, I'm washing his blood, the sunlight is on my brow. I'm happy and whole, there's peace in my soul, I'm living the right life now. Today the right life is for the blessed Come out of the 
night come into the light where your souls are so freely blessed. Yes, glory to God, I'm washing his blood, the sunlight is on my brow. Now I'm happy and whole, there's peace in my soul, I'm living the right life now. God, I'm washing his blood, the sunlight is on my brow. I'm happy and whole, there's peace in my soul, I'm living the right life now. Tell us about how you happened to land in Dollywood. You know, Dolly Parton's my aunt. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but uh, there was an ad out that they needed some musicians down there, so I sent them a message, and they emailed me back, said that they were taking auditions down at Dixie Stampede. So I went down there and, and auditioned, and I did the old claw hammer stuff for them, and, and they're like, that's kind of what we're looking for, because wow. they wanted to do kind of like more of an old-time type of deal, because yeah. uh, it was for their Lumberjack show they were doing at the time. And I went back home and didn't hear from them for like two months, and I was like, I guess I didn't get the job. And one day I was, I was painting at an animal hospital. I was just doing some side work, and I was painting, and he called me, and uh, he's like, hey, do you want the job? And I was like, yeah. Let's do it. So I went down there the next week, found an apartment, and moved down. And that was the first time I moved out of the house. I was 19. I moved to East Tennessee and uh, lived uh, in a little town called Seymour, Tennessee. I moved down there and took my dog with me, and, and I was playing there for about a year. And then they shut the show down in 2017. That was 2016. And they closed the show down, and they did a whole different show. And they didn't need live music anymore. So. Did you ever meet? Yeah, I did, yeah, because uh, it was the first show that they did at that, uh, yeah. that dinner theater. And uh, so she showed up for that first show. I remember the first time I met her, I was backstage, and uh, I was kneeling down. I, I was just kind of goofing around, you know, just playing some stuff. And uh-huh. she walked behind me, and she patted me on the shoulder. Oh, and she's like, sounds good, buddy. And, uh, yeah, I was like, oof. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, and then uh, we, I met her a couple times after that, and I uh, got my picture with her and stuff. And so she's a super nice lady. She's short, you know, but uh, she's shorter than me. Uh- <laughs> Yonder stands little Maggie with the banjo in her hand. She's drinking away her troubles and according another man. Can I ever stand it to see those two blue eyes a shining in the moonlight like two diamonds in the sky? I saw little Maggie, she was sitting by the banks of the sea, with the 44 around her, and a banjo on her knee. 
get me another woman You can get you another man Thanks to WEKU, Red Barn Radio's official radio partner, NPR for Central and Eastern Kentucky. Listen online at WEKU.org. Red Barn Radio is presented with the financial support of LexArts, Lexington, Kentucky's premier cultural development, advocacy, and fundraising organization. LexArts, working for the development of a strong and vibrant arts community as a means of enhancing the quality of life in Central Kentucky and by Visit Lex, Lexington, Kentucky's Convention and Visitors Bureau. Planning to visit Lexington or just looking for more information? Visit Lex is on the web at visitlex.com. Red Barn Radio's executive producer is Ed Commons, who also directs our show. The music for this episode was mixed by Adam Schettinger. The Red Barn Radio playout theme, Wookie Foot, was taken from a live performance of the Wooks here on Red Barn Radio. More at wookoutamerica.com. Red Barn Radio, roots music, southern style. The best music from the roots of the South and sharing this music with the world. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Kathy Stamps. We would like to thank Eli Delbridge for being with us this evening. We also thank our volunteers and staff for their help in making our production happen each and every week. Thank you all for listening to our webcast, watching us on YouTube and Twitch, and those listening to us on the network of Red Barn stations and media worldwide. Red Barn Radio comes to you from our home, the Arts Place Performance Hall in downtown Lexington, Kentucky. Our website has updates and further information on our guests and our program. We are on the web at Red Barn Radio. Com. And now I think we might be able to get these folks to come back and do one more tune for us. Let's welcome back Eli Delbridge and his troupe to the Red Barn stage.
Red Barn Radio is a production of Red Barn Radio, LLC.